You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are taking on the Seattle Mariners in a four-game weekend series. The two teams have split the first two games heading into Saturday afternoon's game three of the series. They'll also play Sunday afternoon and the Indians are really just getting to the midpoint of their homestand. They have three with Texas starting on Monday night and then Thursday originally an off day is now a doubleheader day starting at 1 o'clock with the Toronto Blue Jays in town for a makeup doubleheader. Coming up on this week's show, all the highlights from our week in review and also interviews with Michael Brantley, who talks about an Indians offense that he sees ready to break loose. You know, just the lineup was in general, you know, we're starting to get some hits and, you know, things are starting to move in the right direction. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, we all know that in this locker room. Uh, it takes a little bit of time sometimes, but no one's panicked in here. We're all, you know, have one another back, and uh, we're still doing all right. Also coming up on this week's show, Tyler Naquin talks about a nice bounce-back season for him. Tyler Olson, well, he explains how he has been getting it done out of the bullpen for the Tribe. And Dan Otero, another of the Indians' relief pitchers, says he is most impressed with the Indians' starting pitchers so far this season. To stay mentally sharp like that for seven, eight innings, sometimes nine innings, it's it's a grind out there sometimes. And you can get exhausted mentally more so sometimes than physically. So I, I enjoy watching them pitch and compete. Those four plus Indians general manager Mike Chernoff all coming up as we get rolling with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Hey, get your head in the game. This ain't no exhibition match. This is for real. You've got a house to insure, and there are no excuses because Progressive's Home Quote Explorer makes it easier than ever to get the coverage you need. Here's some music to get you pumped. Don't chugga 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 meow meow meow. Don't chugga 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 feel that confidence. Don't chugga chugga chugga. Did I say stop saving money? No. Don't chugga 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 meow meow meow. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us, and always nice to have you along here on Tribe Talk on the Indians Radio Network as we air it throughout the weekend, depending on where you are and which station you are tuned to along the Indians Radio Network. You can also pick it up in podcast form on Indians.com or go to iTunes on your iPhone, 
or mobile device, and uh, you can find it there as well. So a lot of ways to listen to Tribe Talk each week. And each week during the season, we take a look back at the Week in Review, and we'll begin on Monday night in Baltimore. The road trip finale for the Tribe after splitting a pair in Puerto Rico against the Twins last week. The Tribe dropped the opener in Baltimore last Friday, but then had won two straight heading into Monday night's series finale at Camden Yards. It was Carlos Carrasco on the hill for the Indians, and he got some support from Yonder Alonso playing the long ball game in Baltimore. Now the set, now the 1-0. A swing and a long drive. Deep center field. This ball gone. Yonder Alonso's second home run in the series. A majestic blast to dead center. His fifth of the year, and the Indians jump on top two to nothing and Gosman has now given up seven home runs this year in 22 innings look out folks this club's heating up meanwhile Carrasco was getting it done not only on the mound in terms of strikeouts but also with his glove in the bottom half of the second inning Santander will bat left-handed switch hitter with power the pitch and a swing and a shot caught by Carrasco. Drops to a knee to grab it. Throws to first for the inning-ending double play. In self-defense, dropping to a knee, Carrasco caught the BB off the bat of Santander and easily doubled up Cisco at first. Two to one, Indians lead the Birds. Third inning coming up. And Carrasco was throwing a beauty as well. Now the one-two offering. Swing and a miss. Looked like he went around. No, he held up on the appeal at third. That was that good split change in the dirt. Boy, how did he hold up on that one? That's a tough pitch to hold up on. And we got a replay of it. He didn't hold up. But John Tumpane's coin came up heads at third. And thus, Cisco is still alive at two and two. Now, that's a tough call for an umpire. That check swing. To me, you could almost call it either way every time, and I don't know how you could argue because that, that's a tough one to make. 2-2 delivery. Swing and a miss. He went around that time. You don't have to appeal. That was a split change. He chased it. Seven strikeouts dug out by Gomes, who tags out Cisco. Tribe up 2-1 to one in the ninth inning. It was Cody Allen on to close out a close game. Cody Allen's ready. The 2-2 pitch. Strike three call ball game. He took a fastball down Euclid Avenue. And the Indians win the final three games. What pitching by the tribe. They win tonight two to one, and they hold Baltimore to seven runs in the four games. Cody Allen gets his fourth save. Carlos Carrasco gets his fourth win. And Allen strikes out the side in the ninth inning to cap off a dominant pitching performance by the Indians here in Maryland. The final again tonight, Cleveland 2, Baltimore 1. So the Indians took three out of four from Baltimore, came home on a three-game winning streak, and they played the Cubs on Tuesday night in a steady rainfall and a dreary night it was for the Indians as the Cubs in town for the first time since the memorable 2016 World Series. They defeated the Indians Tuesday night by a final score of 10 to 3. Then on Wednesday night, the Indians got back on the winning track. Good pitching matchup in this one as it was Trevor Bauer for the Tribe against John Lester, the veteran left-hander for Chicago. 
and it lived up to its advanced billing. This game was scoreless into the fifth inning. That's when the Cubs struck first, taking a 1-0 lead on an RBI single off the bat of Anthony Rizzo. But in the bottom half of the fifth, Brandon Geyer would get that run right back for the Tribe. Lester peers in over the glove, has the signs from Contreras, and now is 3-1. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Deep left field, way back there, and it's off the foul pole. Home run, Brandon Geyer. With one swing, the Indians have tied things up. Geyer with his first home run on the season. Hit it a ton, but it started to hook and then clanked high off the foul pole and left. And we have a brand new ball game here in the fifth inning. Then it was Bauer shutting down the Cubs in the sixth inning. Now the pitch. Checked on the curve and the dirty went around. Gomes takes it out, throws to first, gets the out. Well, Trevor Bowers made 100 pitches. He just keeps battling and he just won't cave in. He may be done for the night. We'll see. That was strikeout number six on pitch number 100. And in the bottom of the sixth, the Indians showed some power, beginning with Frankie Lindor. Lester into the motion, and here it comes. Lindor with a drive to deep right. It's got a chance. Goal! And the Indians take a 2-1 to lead. Frankie Lindor with an opposite field down the right field line. His third home run of the campaign, his first right-handed. And the drive with a 2-1 to lead over the Cubs here in inning number six. Boy, is that a good sign when Lindor starts going oppo because he's capable of hitting a ball out of the yard opposite. Boy, did he have a nice, short, compact swing that time. And then it was Edwin Encarnacion. Now the 0-1. A swing and a long drive again. Deep left center. Gone! Edwin Encarnacion gives the pair to ride on the extended right arm. And the Indians have a 3-1 to lead. And a line drive home run that just cleared the 19-foot wall in left center. Number five for Edwin Encarnacion. And the Indians taking a page out of the Cubs book from last night. The Indians with three solo home runs and now lead this ball game by a score of three to one. So the Tribe had a three to one lead. That meant it was Miller time as Andrew Miller came on to begin the seventh, but it did not go well. The outfield playing Rizzo the other way toward left and Miller misses badly and almost stumbled off the mound. Miller's got that violent delivery where he really spins off that front foot. I don't know if he caught a spike. He's now doing a little stretching out there on the mound. That's not a good sign. And now Jan Gomes is going out. Here comes the pitching coach. No, it's Terry Francona, and they're bringing a trainer out. Oh, my goodness. And Miller just kind of almost looked like he caught a, a spike, and then he kind of reached for the back of it. It was a hamstring. Oh, boy, oh, boy. So that's not good. And he had to leave the ball game, and the following day would be placed on the 10-day disabled list with tightness in that hamstring. So Terry Francona called upon Tyler Olson 
and he would respond. The next delivery, swung on, hit a ton. On the line to right center, racing to the gap to make the running. Shoulder high catches Rajay Davis. Oh, that ball found grass. It was going to scoot to the wall and score a run, but Davis got a great jump on the liner to the gap in right center. And the Indian center fielder retires Anthony Rizzo, and Tyler Olson comes through. Indians added a run in the eighth inning on a Cubs error, and in the ninth, it was Cody Allen once again looking to stay perfect in the save department. Here's the wind in the pitch, a swing and a fly ball to right. Toward the line, medium deep, now traveling toward the track. Geyer back makes the catch. Ball game. Elmore's drive just kept carrying on a night when no balls seemed to carry unless you hit him on a line. But it's out number three, and boy, did Cody Allen make quick work. A 1-2-3 ninth inning as Cody Allen racks up his fifth save, and the Indians are back in the win column. The Indians knock off the Cubs here tonight, 4-1 to to split this two-game series. Trevor Bauer with his second win. Cody Allen with his fifth save. And three solo bombs by Frankie Lindor, Edwin Encarnacion, and Brandon Geyer key the Indians 4-1 to win. So the Indians 4-1 to winners over the Cubs on Wednesday night had a series split with Chicago. They welcomed in Seattle on Thursday night to open a four-game series. And in the first of those four, the Mariners snapped a 4-4 tie with a run in the eighth inning. And they beat the Tribe 5-4 to on Thursday night at Progressive Field. Friday night, it was a Kluber night. As Corey Kluber took the mound for the Indians, the reigning Cy Young Award winner cruised through the top half of the first inning, setting the stage for the long ball offense to get going for the Tribe in the bottom of the first starting with Francisco Lindor. Now the windup by Ramirez and the 2-2 pitch to Lindor. A swing and a fly ball pretty well hit to right center on its way towards the seats and go on for Frankie Lindor. Well, there's not much wind. It's actually nice out, 55 degrees, and the result is that ball really carried. Now Frankie Lindor put a really good swing on it but for a change, Mother Nature didn't knock the ball down. And Lindor with a leadoff homer. He's hit four homers, three left-handed. And Frankie had a terrific eight-pitch at bat before he found the seats in right center. Later on in that first inning, Michael Brantley went deep. Now the 1-0. Brantley with a high drive into deep center field. This ball's got a chance. Goal! center. It's his second home run of the year and the Indians have a 2-0 lead here in inning number one. And again, is it nice to see a hitter rewarded when they put a good swing on it instead of having 25 mile an hour winds blowing in and it's 35 degrees. And the very next batter was Edwin Encarnacion. Edwin Encarnacion gets a pitch to hit tonight. Somebody in the bleachers could get hurt. The 0-2. A swing and a high fly ball. Deep right field. There she goes. Gone to the lower deck. 3-0 Indians. Edwin Encarnacion gives 
Takes the pair to ride. He gets an opposite field homer to right. His sixth. And the Indians with three solo home runs here in inning number one. The Tribe added a run in the third inning on a Michael Brantley sacrifice fly. Then it was back to the long ball in the sixth, starting with Yonder Alonso. As the pitch to Yonder Alonso's hit high, deep to center. Go on! Holy cow, another one! Yonder Alonso off Erasmo Ramirez. Another home run to dead center for the Indians. Alonso hits his seventh. And now a team high, 16 runs batted in. And the very next hitter was Jan Gomes. Seattle puts three on the infield between second and third. The outfield straight up the pitch. Gomes with a drive. Deep left field. Headed for the porch. Gone. Well, that's five solo home runs for the Indians. Gomes hits number four to the porch and left. And the Indians lead it six to nothing. And for the second time tonight, the Indians have gone back to back. Meanwhile, Kluber was cruising. One hiccup in the seventh inning. A home run for the Mariners, but Kluber brushed it off, got right back after it, and took the game into the ninth. Kluber the wind, Kluber the pitch. Swung on, grounded sharply to short. Lindor drops to a knee. Has it, gets up, throws it to them. Corey Kluber. One out away from a second complete game of the year, both coming against Seattle. Kluber hasn't lost since opening night in Seattle as he tries to go to 4-1. and one. A very close pitch that looked like it had ended the game on a strikeout was called a ball, and that meant the end of the night for Kluber after Kyle Seeger's base hit extended the ball game. The Mariners did make it close, but Cody Allen would finish the job and the Tribe hung on for a 6-5 win on Friday night over the Mariners. So a good week for the Tribe once again in the week gone by and they'll head into play on the weekend Saturday with a 14-10 record and atop the American League's Central Division. Stay with us. When we return, it's more of Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are in the midst of a lengthy homestand. Another four-team homestand as it was originally a three-team homestand, but the Blue Jays will be here Thursday for a doubleheader to make up a couple of rainouts earlier in the season. Hell, Michael Brantley's been on fire at the plate after a late start to his season coming back from that ankle surgery in the offseason that caused him to miss a portion of spring training. He missed the opening road trip for the Indians as he wanted to make sure that that ankle was strong enough to withstand almost daily activity for the Tribe. But he has been something else at the plate. Really more of the same from Michael Brantley to what we've grown accustomed to when healthy. And we had a chance to visit with the Indians outfielder earlier this week down in Baltimore. And uh, we asked him how things were going so far on the way back to good health and back in the lineup. I'm glad to be playing. Uh, that's first and foremost. Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm taking it one day at a time, not trying to do too much, and just glad to be out there competing with you know the great group of guys we have in this locker room and being back playing baseball again. I'm always happy. And you make it look easy. 
which uh, is probably a good thing, but uh, how much work goes into to getting your swing where you like it to be? And, and are, were there any restrictions when you were coming back this time? Yeah, there were no restrictions with my swing when I was coming back this time, which was a huge plus. Uh, I do the same exact routine every day. Yes, it gets repetitive. Yes, I'm tired of doing the same thing, but I had success doing it, so I'm going to continue to do it. But uh, it's just more of just getting the reps and, you know, seeing different pitchers and getting to the flow of the game and understanding that, uh, you know, you have some good days and some bad days, especially early, especially in this weather. But at the same time, just staying even keeled and, you know, going out there and giving the best I can. You are a major league veteran now who's been in this game long enough to, to know what it takes. Has it changed at all from when you were a younger player to, to try and find that good routine that you like? Yeah, well, it's all, you know, trial and error process, what works for your swing and what I'm trying to accomplish at that time. Uh, the more reps you put in, the more experience that you get every year. If you have your eyes open, you're learning and still trying to get better, I think that's what's the biggest key is I'm not, you know, satisfied for what I did in the past and trying to get better every year and learn something and compete on a higher level. Michael Brantley joining us yesterday. I think we got a, a glimpse of what could be on a regular basis. And, and how do you like that lineup you're hitting in, especially when the, the guy in front of you has a day like he did yesterday in Jose Ramirez? Yeah, he swung the bat phenomenal yesterday. It's fun to watch. And he's such a good hitter and so patient. Uh, I get to see a lot of pitches hitting behind him. I think that's a huge plus for me. Um, but, you know, just the lineup was in general, you know, we're starting to get some hits and, you know, things are starting to move in the right direction. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, we all know that in this locker room. Uh, it takes a little bit of time sometimes, but no one's panicked in here. We're all, you know, have one another back, and uh, we're still doing all right. Yeah, Michael, great to see you out there on a daily basis. Thanks a lot for coming by. appreciate it. Thanks, Rosie. That's Indians outfielder Michael Brantley off to a tremendous start this season as he will head into play over the weekend with a batting average of 344 after another strong night, a three-hit night on Friday night against the Mariners. Another outfielder who's off to a good start is Tyler Naquin, right around that 300 mark most of the time since his return. And we had a chance to catch up with the Indians outfielder earlier this week as well, and we asked him how much better he feels this season health-wise than a year ago when a back issue and a knee issue really seemed to hamper his production. It's completely different, you know, completely different player. Um, I think, you know, most everybody has played banged up, and when it gets to a certain extent and you can't go, you know, you, you, uh, you know, it just hurts yourself and hurts the team, and it just doesn't put anybody in a good position. So, uh, you know, you just got to take care of those types of things and then be ready to go whenever your name's called. And you mentioned when your name's called, and, and this game is so much about opportunity, and you have one right now. Uh, what does it take to be prepared when that comes along, especially if, if it's a little unclear at the start? Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, just you have to be ready, you know. And if you, you take those opportunities for granted and stuff, you know, you, you find yourself right back where you were or, uh, you know, in a situation that you don't want to be in. So you gotta you got to keep your body right and keep your mind right for it. When you look at, at how things have gone early in the season, I know you had a good spring. And what were some of the keys this spring that, that you were able to work on to put yourself in a good position? Uh, just making a couple, you know, adjustments um, at the plate, you know, strike zone, discipline and stuff like that. And just, uh, I mean, just, just having my body ready, um, being able to, you know, physically be able to make those adjustments um, and then as well in the outfield. And Terry Francona has said on a couple of occasions, about your competitiveness, uh, he likes the way you play the game, and, and is that something that that you try and bring every time you're out there? Maybe a little something different than that the team might need on that particular night. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you know I'm not gonna 
wake up in the morning and say, okay, my here's my checklist. I need to bring competitiveness. You know, I just I believe that you know I was raised that way and you know play the game the right way and no matter what, um, play the game hard. So when I come out here, I'm gonna play hard and you know maybe maybe someone's you know got an O for day. Um, they're not feeling good, but you know maybe I can make a play in the outfield that, that just gives them a little spark of energy to bring it to their next at bat or their next defensive play. And you know, because I know what's happened with me, I see guys. You know, maybe I'm having a bad day, and I see someone make a great play. I'm like, hey man, this game's not over. Like I might, I might have a big at bat coming up, and I might have to make a big play in the outfield. So it's just you know anything that can spark anybody without even knowing it. All right, Tyler, thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's Indians outfielder Tyler Naquin putting together a real nice first month of the season for the Indians. On we go to the tri-bullpen. Always fun to catch up with Dan Otero, Indians relief pitcher, who hasn't really pitched that much in the early season because of the success of the starting rotation. And that can present a challenge for any relief pitcher. And Otero says that uh, that lack of work, well, that can make things difficult at times for a reliever, but certainly something that that they'll take any day of the week and, and try and battle through. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, you go through stretches as a reliever sometimes where you won't pitch for six, seven days, or you may pitch once out of 11 days, but then you know those three out of four days are going to be coming where you're asked to pitch a lot or even five out of six or whatever happens. But our starting pitchers have been doing so well. You know, if you would have told me going into Camden Yards that in a four-game series only three relievers are going to be used for the four games, we're going to win three out of four, and none of those three are going to be asked to get more than three outs in any outing, I would have told you you're crazy. But that's what happened. You've been with a, a couple of organizations. Do the Indians do anything different to, to keep their pitchers sharp, or is it fairly commonplace throughout Major League Baseball what you need to do to, to stay sharp as a reliever? Yeah, it's fairly commonplace. I mean, it's probably one of the hardest things as a reliever. But I remember one year I went 24 days, I think, without pitching in a game. You know, it's just the way it, it's just the way it happened. And uh, I'm sure on that 25th day I was either asked to go two or three innings or thrown in, you know, into a tie game sometimes in the extra innings. It's just, and you have to be ready to go and you have to perform. So there are no excuses when you get out there. So it's up to us to stay ready. Did you still feel like a part of the team? I, I was cheering my butt off, let me tell you. <laughs> but that's just the way it goes sometimes. And, you know, and I don't know. Life of a reliever, I guess. Dan Otero joining us, Tribe Reliever, and it's a group of seven right now to start the season. Uh, that's probably going to change at some point in time. But uh, how is the group down there with some personnel changes in the offseason? Not many, but a few. Yeah, I think we added uh, really just one, Matt Belisle, who's one of the most professional baseball players I've ever been around in the six weeks, you know, some spring training here. He's a wealth of knowledge. He's always willing to help. And he cares about one thing and one thing only, and that's the team winning. And... So he fits right in with everything that this team believes in. And everybody else down there, I think, was here last year for the majority of the season. So it's kind of a seamless transition into this year. You know, we have a new bullpen coach. So we give him a hard time. But he played with some of us, so you can't really give him too much of a hard time. But no, so it's a good group and uh, good personalities down there. So we have a good time. And you're talking about Scott Atchison, the new bullpen coach. What has he brought to the table that maybe is different than, than uh, you've had in the past? Anything? A lot less silence. <laughs> No, don't say that. He likes to talk. No, he, uh, well, he just played not too long ago. So he brings that, you know, he faced guys that we're now going to face. Or he has that in the back, in you know, right in the front of his head, I guess, not the back of his head, because he just did it. So it's a little different than what we had in the last couple of years, and both have been great for us. You know, JB was awesome. We love JB talking to him and stuff like that. And with Scott, it's kind of been very similar. You know, they have similar mindsets. He's big into just kind of pitching to your strengths. And, you know, so he fits right in down there with all of us. 
you're a reliever, but appreciation-wise for what the starters have done out of the shoot here, uh, what do you look at in terms of what's so amazing about what they're doing? I think I saw a stat the other day actually where the starters are no longer first in the league in strikeouts per nine like they were last year. I think they're like last in the league, but their pitches per plate appearance are now the best in the league. You know, so they've, whether the opponents have changed their philosophies against them because they're so good with two strikes that they're swinging early, but that's what Baltimore did, and I know Minnesota's done it. Cubs did it last night. So they're ready from pitch one of every at-bat, and to stay mentally sharp like that for seven, eight innings, sometimes nine innings, it's it's a grind out there sometimes, and you can get exhausted mentally more so sometimes than physically. So I, I enjoy watching them pitch and compete, and what Clev did in Baltimore the other day where I think he had 60 pitches after three and then still somehow threw a complete game. I mean, we were all stretching the third inning thinking it was going to be a five, six-inning start, and all of a sudden he had seven, six, five, eight-pitch innings and throws a two-hit shutout. So that was an awesome watch, it, it, and I enjoy it. Dan, always fun to talk baseball. Thanks for coming by. Oh, thanks, Rosie. And his Indians relief pitcher, Dan Otero. And staying in that tribe bullpen, we also had a chance to visit this week with Tyler Olson, who did some great work on Wednesday night. Coming in for Andrew Miller after Miller had to leave the game due to an injury. And Olson, well, he came into the game cold and had to warm up on the stadium mound, the ballpark mound, not the bullpen mound. And they always tell relievers, hey, you have as much time as you want to warm up because of an injury. But he said it's still difficult, and, and that's probably one of the tougher things he's been asked to do as a relief pitcher in the major leagues. Uh, it, it was a little awkward. I mean, it was just, you know, complete silence. Knew that everyone was just waiting for me to, to get ready and get loose. So just kind of had to make sure that, you know, I kept my breath and, and didn't, you know, go too fast. Just take my time and make sure I was ready. Mindset-wise, before that happens, the Indians are in a, a series of games here where when they have the lead, it goes Miller and Allen, and, and you guys know how, how it works out there. How quickly can you change that mindset because of what developed last night? I don't think there's any time to think. I mean, it was just kind of one of those situations where you saw what happened, and I knew personally for me like there, there was a pretty good chance it was going to be me just given the situation of a lefty, so... As soon as I saw that, even without knowing that he was done, it was kind of get the body moving and get the mind in the right place. All right, Tyler, thanks so much for coming back. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Tyler Olson off to a good start once again for the Indians, and he'll be a big key for the Tribe, especially during this stretch where they will miss Andrew Miller during his time on the disabled list. Stay tuned. We'll have more to come as we conclude with Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with a Progressive Box. Yeah, I wrote this next song for a gal from Cheyenne. She'd never have told her how Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats. She said if they could love her pooch as much as she did, then so could I. Well, I couldn't. This next song's called Cat Person. It was a rough, rough night in Wyoming. The cat was out of the bag. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you for our final segment from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Last week when the Indians were in Baltimore, we had a chance to visit with Indians General Manager Mike Chernoff. And uh, we talked to the Tribe GM, 
at length about Trevor Bauer, his acquisition, some of the challenges early, and then what it's taken to get Bauer to be in a great place at the start of this season and really much of last season as well as one of the, the better young starting pitchers in Major League Baseball now. But first, we asked him about the recent trip to Puerto Rico and what it meant to the players and the organization. Well, I mean, just off the field, it was it was really fun to be there. First of all, you get to see guys like Frankie and Roberto, Sandy, Victor Rodriguez, our assistant hitting coach, guys who grew up there, uh, and you just saw the community rally around them. I think it was great for us to, to see that, great for the game, uh, and hopefully great for the island. You know, as they're recovering from the hurricane, to be able to rally around something like this, it was a really fun experience for all of us. Switching gears a bit with Mike Chernoff, Indians general manager, acquiring players, uh, obviously the, a, a huge part of your job to build a roster. And uh, several years ago, you had a chance to acquire a young pitcher who's now a major part of your rotation, Trevor Bauer, off to a real nice start this season. And it seems like uh, he is on the cusp of, of becoming an outstanding major league pitcher. At the time, though, there were some red flags there. And what allowed the Indians to get past some of the preconceived notions about Trevor and, and really move forward to acquire him and then develop him? I think two things. First of all, um, you have to remember how young Trevor was when we acquired him, and so he's matured a lot over that time. Secondly, I think our scouts did a tremendous job getting to know him. Uh, the good, the bad, whatever you want to call it, all of, all of the quirks in his training methods, we knew him inside and out as an amateur when he was at UCLA, uh, and we had worked through potentially, if he had been around, potentially drafting him then. Uh, our scouts really got to know him well. And then as he started out with the Diamondbacks, they did a great job um, understanding the types of things that he does in his training, which especially five years ago were really unique. You've actually seen the game sort of migrate towards him, and a lot of guys now doing some of the weighted ball stuff or the, uh, the different things that he uses in his routine. So our scouts did a great job. It allowed us to feel more comfortable whether – whether you agree with it or not or whether every guy's going to do it or not, at least if you know and there are no surprises, I think you're equipped to handle it. So once we acquired him, Tito and Mickey went out, visited him uh, at the ranch in Texas and saw some of those training methods and were very open to the types of things that he was doing just because of that work we had done. We always talk about patience, and there were some, some hurdles to overcome early on, some poor performances as he uh, got acclimated to the major leagues. And, and was it because of all the other stuff? Was it more difficult or maybe easier to, to look at poor performance and say, hey, he's a young major league pitcher, he just needs some innings and time? It's a huge credit to Tito and Mickey at the time in their patience um, to remember just how young he is. And, he, you know, you look at what he's done. He's been a productive major league pitcher every season that he's been up here, but he's had his ups and downs just like any young player does. Um, but, you know, Tito and Mickey were so good about letting him mature and helping him along the way, and he's really – blossomed into a guy who um, has, you know, sort of figured out how to navigate the clubhouse, as any young cl young player has to do, figured out how to persevere in a game uh, and get through some of those tough points, either in a game or in a season. So it's been fun to watch him turn into the pitcher that he is and to mature over the time that he's been here. When he brings in a new pitch, I know he worked very hard on the slider th this offseason, and, and at times it's been really good. At other times it's been a challenge for him. Uh, how do you react to that as a staff and, and try and help him along those lines when it seems like he has a lot of things figured out on his own? It is, it's so impressive to watch a guy like Trevor set his mind to something in an offseason and be able to 
add a new pitch. That's a pretty good pitch. Or change his delivery in certain ways. Not a lot of guys can do that. Trevor is locked in on uh, how you know the, the data and the evidence that he can bring to the picture in the offseason to figure those things out. So we feel like our job is just to support him and try to help him through that, to give him the information about how that pitch is doing or how he could potentially maximize his strengths with that pitch. Um, so in a lot of ways, we just throughout spring training, the off season, into the season, we just try to support him with the best information that we can, so that um, as he you know tries new things or tries to figure out how to use his stuff, he has all the information at his fingertips. And one thing that stands out about him, at least from a distance, uh, he seems like an outstanding competitor. And was that something that that you knew when you acquired him, or is that something that you've seen develop? Well, you know, you know as much as you can uh, from observation. I think we've been really impressed by how competitive he is. Tito's talked about it from day one. Even during some of those ups and downs, you always knew he was going to go out there every fifth day and compete. Um, You know, you can see it even yesterday. He throws 115 or 116 pitches and doesn't want to come out of the game, wanted to go back out for the eighth. So this is a guy who always wants to pitch uh, and always wants to compete. That's never been a question, but it's been even more impressive seeing it over the past five years with us. All right, Mike, as always, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rosie. That's Indians general manager Mike Chernoff. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us this week. We'll join you next week when the Indians are on the road in the Big Apple. They'll be taking on the Yankees in New York next weekend. And that's where Tribe Talk will originate from next week. So until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.